0: Hey, before we begin, I want to let you know about a new show from CuriousCast that I think you might be into. It's called Russia Rising. Putin's Russia has been accused of using internet trolls, hackers, and even assassins to influence the West. This new investigative podcast hopes to unravel the giant mystery that is Russia with the help of those who know her best, Russian trolls, hackers, Putin supporters, and even a former KGB spy. Join Global News Europe Bureau Chief Jeff Semple on a journey to find out how Russia has gone from tenuous ally to a potential global threat. Listen to Russia Rising for free at CuriousCast.ca or wherever you're enjoying This Is Why.
1: Sometimes the miracle can happen and your life can turn around and you never know what could be waiting for you. So I just want to show people that it pays off to not give up.
0: Matt's Road to Recovery is literally the Trans Canada Highway. I'm Nikki Reitmeier, and this is why. We're in the midst of the worst public health crisis in a generation.
1: More than half of those who died from an overdose had reported a clinical mental health diagnosis or showed evidence of a mental health disorder.
0: He had overdosed on a few different substances and um, just never woke up. The government should be doing everything it can to prevent the number of deaths due to overdoses from increasing in 2019.
1: Almost half, 45%, reported pain-related issues and about a quarter of the deaths involved people, primarily men, working in the trades or transport.
0: He was funny, he was kind. The 26-year-old was struggling with opioid addiction and had been waiting for a Winnipeg Treatment Center bed. It's hard, he was our, uh, our protector. He was our main provider. On March 22nd, he died in a Calgary hospital of a suspected drug overdose. On Saturday, April 7th, Peterborough police responded to three overdose calls within 48 hours. Uh, my worst point, I was using 30 pills a day. The 31-year-old is lucky to be alive after using fentanyl for nearly two years. Like all my money would go to fentanyl. I sold everything, sold my car, sold
1: my TV, my everything. I stole from my mom. This
0: is a crisis.
1: Until we get the addictions under control, we're we're going to be chasing this problem for a while.
0: Some stories of addiction make the news, but those are usually the most tragic ones, the ones that are fatal. And even then, the body count is usually just reduced to a statistic. That's why I want to introduce you to Matthew Fee. Matthew Fee is a name that you're going to be hearing throughout the summer of 2019, Because Matthew Fee is traveling from the Metro Vancouver area and driving to Halifax. Now, once he arrives at Halifax, he and his team, they're going to turn around and they're going to head back to BC again. Okay, why is that interesting? It's interesting because when Matt heads back across the country again, he's going to do it on a BMX bike. It's not just Matt riding a small and really uncomfortable bike across Canada that makes this story interesting, though. Matt is a recovering drug addict. He's doing this ride to raise awareness for recovery and to help end the stigma surrounding addiction. We're going to speak to Matt in just a moment, and he's going to tell us more about the ride. But first, I want to share some of Matt's story with you, the more Difficult parts of his story that explain how he got to where he is today. So, in his own words, this is what Matt wrote I was born in Duncan on Vancouver Island. As a child, I lived my life on bikes. I learned to ride without training wheels at three, and you couldn't get me off my bike. My dad, my superhero, talented at cycling and mechanics, taught me how to fix bikes. My dad was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was six years old. And from that day forward, my life changed. I moved to Terrace, B.C. when I was seven. I rode bikes trying to make friends. Some of these kids were older, and they sexually abused and tortured me. I tried to hang myself at eight to end my pain and confusion. Not long after, my parents divorced. I blamed myself. My parents were going through a lot, and as they tried to find solid ground, my sister and I were sent to live at a teacher's house from our Christian school. I began to disconnect, and people remarked that something was wrong with me. In my teenage years, I became an outcast. My social behaviors were odd. I wanted acceptance so badly that I started partying and hanging around with the wrong crowd. Hard drugs and drinking became my life at age 15. I lost a close friend, and unable to process the pain of that loss in a healthy manner, I simply did more drugs. I crashed my truck due to mixing drugs and medication. My mental health became negatively affected. I would hear voices and people who weren't there. I tried to hang myself off the Kelowna Bridge, and a random stranger saved me. My relationship with drugs and alcohol was torture. I was running from the same thing I was chasing. I lost my job, overdosed, and ended up in hospital. While in the hospital, my mom showed me a news clip about an addiction recovery center. All I heard was long term. I was sold because I knew I didn't know how to live. Once I was through the doors of that academy, I felt safe. After three months, I experienced great personal growth. It's not easy living in a therapeutic community, but it works. I learned to stay grounded and present within my body, and my periods of blackouts lessened. I learned about post-traumatic stress disorder. And finally, at the age of 30, I got answers to why I mentally and emotionally suffered. At the one-year mark, I suffered more flashbacks. Through deeper trauma therapy, the teachings of the program, and a lot of personal work, I again experienced a surge of personal growth. This was a turning point for me. One day, I saw students sitting around laughing, and I was happy that they were happy. I began to make friends and learn to connect in a healthy manner. Riding my BMX bike across Canada is a dream I've had since age seven. Now, the dream is a reality. I want everyone to know you can change your life. Sobriety is possible. Those are the words of Matthew Fee, a man who's riding his BMX bike across Canada to raise awareness about the dangers of addiction and the hope of sobriety. Highway 1 is literally his road to recovery.
1: For me, dealing with PTSD, when I'm riding my bike and I'm in the moment in that flow state, it kind of allows me to to be grounded and, you know, within myself. So it was kind of a feeling that I was chasing.
0: Coming up later in this episode.
1: Everybody does have a story. And and there's a reason why that person, you know, is where they're at, right?
0: What does Matt think will be the biggest challenge he'll have to face on his journey across Canada?
1: Those are the days where physically I'm going to have to look at the bigger picture and power through it.
0: You're listening to This Is Why, a now award-winning national radio show and podcast from Global News. Download and
1: subscribe
0: online now.
1: On Monday, uh, me and my support team are going to be heading out and we're going to drive the route that I'm going to be biking in reverse. And taking notes along the way and you know we're gonna we got ample time to to do that and then once we get to Halifax um, you know just hang out for a little bit and then May 1st is the date that we're we're looking at for me to start the the journey of riding the bike all the way back here
0: I imagine that you did a lot of research before, before starting this journey, looking at other people who have accomplished similar feats, not necessarily on a BMX bike, but those who have done uh, runs or rides across Canada. What kind of knowledge did you gain from the past experiences that other people have had trying to accomplish something similar?
1: Uh, for the most part, I tried not to compare what I'm doing to anybody else. Were you
0: afraid that you'd psych yourself out if you looked That's at? That's the exact
1: stories? the exact reason was that I didn't want to scare myself out of the, out of doing this. And as far as the research, you know, it's basically come down to a science. Um, you know, with different gearings on the bike, uh, nutritional um, aspect. Um, Lots of planning, there's lots of details, so many different angles that I can speak on in the reasons why why I'm doing this bike ride. So there's, there's a lot of planning involved in this, but we've, uh, I've got a really good team behind me, and I think we've got got a lot of it covered, so looking forward to it.
0: Let's talk about some of those reasons. Why are you riding a BMX bike across Canada? I'm imagining it's not just for fun.
1: No, it's not just for fun.
0: Not just for exercise.
1: No, no, that's 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 not it. There's a lot to it. So, all my life, um, you know, I was kind of dealt a you know difficult hand in life, and I struggled with addiction with drugs and alcohol, you know, for many many years, and I could never find a way out nothing seemed to seem to work for me and then i found a place called the john Vulcan academy and i spent two years there in the program it really changed my life i grew up riding bmx it's always been you know a part of my life even when i was struggling as soon as i got far enough along in the program you know it just kind of hit me i'm like you know what i if, if I'm going to ride my bike across to Canada, you know, and do something nobody's done before, I'm going to do it for a reason, and I just want to give people hope.
0: Do you mind if I ask you a little bit more about your backstory? Sure. How old were you when you first started using drugs?
1: Uh, 12. I was 12 years old.
0: Was there something that you can recall was uh, a trigger, a reason why, an influence?
1: So, yeah, you know, it has to do with, um, you know, sexual abuse and, um, you know just family problems and health issues in the family at a very young age and and I was unable to cope and I was going to counseling and you know I had a lot of support behind me but ultimately it came down to that choice at the at a very young age and I kind of opted out of the school sports and and counseling and kind of took a different path that you know wasn't the healthiest for me.
0: I think that that's a really common story though and you know you know, we see the end result of what traumas people have gone through through their lives. We see them on the street as drug addicts, and then it's easy to dismiss them at that point. Yeah. But what we don't realize is that there is a backstory. You know, there once was a little boy at 12 years old who went through something very severe that made that person into uh, who they are today. And I think that often we dismiss that. We don't think about what the backstory is.
1: Yeah, yeah. Even I'm guilty of that. You know, I see somebody, you know, it looks like they're having a hard time in life. And it's one of those things that's sometimes easy to to look past. But in all reality, everybody does have a story. And there is a reason why that person, you know, is where they're at. Right. So what was
0: BMX riding for you then when you were growing up? Was that A place to find relief was that a place where you could just have a clear head where you could just focus and be in the moment
1: well first of all if somebody who struggles with trauma they have I know I have a hard time staying grounded and present you know in my body the antithesis of somebody who's dealing with trauma is to be grounded and present you know in their body so for me dealing with PTSD when I'm riding my bike and I'm in the moment in that flow state, it kind of allows me to to be grounded and, you know, within myself. So it was kind of a feeling that I was chasing all the time with freestyle BMX and racing BMX. And that's, that's kind of where the drive and the passion for BMX came from.
0: So this journey across Canada then, I imagine, is going to be obviously challenging, but probably a process of deep meditation for you as well. You'll be so focused when you're riding.
1: Yeah, 100%. Um I'm looking forward to that aspect of it and you know, listening to music and just cruising down the highway. It's it's not going to be easy all the time, but there's going to be some moments where I just feel like it's the best thing in the world for sure.
0: I imagine coming downhill is going to be the best part. <laughs>
1: oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah.
0: What parts do you think will be the biggest challenge, What be it geographically or be it mentally? And perhaps I could maybe even turn that into a twofold question, starting with geographically and then mentally. What are your challenges?
1: So geographically, it's those long hills where they seem like they're never going to end. And if I spend two days on one hill (laughs) and I just feel like, you know, what am I doing? Those are the days where physically I'm going to have to look at the bigger picture and power through it. But also, um, oh yeah, there's so, so, so much going on. I don't know, but, uh, yeah, physically the heat, if, if, you know, it's a hot day too. And especially if I'm going up a hill on a hot day, that's going to not be the funnest thing in the world. Mentally, I think uh, if, if I'm going to try and do this in a way that's effective you know, for the world to see that I went through a treatment center that's made me strong enough to be able to handle something like this and all the pressures, I think all in all that mentally I'm going to hold it together and, and show everybody what type of person the John Vulcan Academy has turned me into.
0: That's very cool. It's a process of uh, exposing your evolution, it sounds like. Exactly. What was that transformation, that healing process like for you, going from somewhere so dark?
1: Yeah, it's, there's, there's really <laughs> nothing that I can say that can explain uh, the beauty in that process. Um, it's very very raw and and nasty, that healing process. But making it through it, without the mud, there's no lotus, I guess you could say that. But I just remember one day when I was in the cafeteria and I walked outside and I seen everybody sitting in a circle and they just seemed so happy to be around each other. And I just had this overwhelming sense of like feeling happy that people around me that were recovering were also feeling happy. And I just sat there with everybody and just like felt connected on like an emotional, spiritual, healthy level that I've never experienced before. That moment was when I realized that, hey, I'm going to be okay.
0: Oh, I love that. Let's talk a little bit more about the logistics of the ride because you're going to be riding a BMX bike across the country. It's not an easy feat. Now, some people may not know what a BMX bike is. Maybe they haven't heard of one before. They haven't seen one before. Can you describe to me what a BMX bike looks like?
1: So it's got 20-inch wheels, so it has smaller wheels than your average road bike or, or mountain bike. It's actually significantly smaller wheels, so I'm going to be feeling every bump in the road.
0: Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> that's crazy. Um,
1: So a single speed, so I got no gears. I got one speed. I'm not going to be able to change gears. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> oh man, it's basically a kid's bike. <laughs> that's what That's the best way to describe it. It's
0: true because you'll be seated uh, on kind of the same size as what I, you know. If anyone's seen anyone riding a BMX bike, they are much lower to the ground. It's mm-hmm. gonna be. It's gonna be really challenging. I didn't realize that you can't change gears on a BMX bike too.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the reason why uh, something like this hasn't been documented on a BMX bike before. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm glad that you explained that, though, because I think it really highlights how difficult this journey is going to be, but ultimately how meaningful this journey is going to be, and why Canadians should pay attention to what you're doing. Because you know, this isn't just a typical journey across Canada. This is going to be a very serious challenge.
1: Yeah, I've I've got my work cut out for me.
0: <laughs> so, what uh, what kind of timeline are we looking at to travel across the country?
1: So there's a worst case scenario and a best case scenario, and the worst case scenario is you know, five and a half, six months. Wow, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's a, a serious amount of time.
1: yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a long time, but uh, if I can make it through the academy of you know in two years, I'm pretty sure six months on a BMX bike not going to be the worst thing in the world.
0: Can you already mentally imagine what it's going to feel like to be riding back into Metro Vancouver again?
1: Uh, I get emotional when I think about that. Really? (laughs) Yeah. I just have this vision of, you know, just the people who supported me along the way being there and just the hard work and everything paying off and, you know, finishing the race kind of feeling, I guess you could say. I'm just looking forward to that. I can envision it, but I'm trying to not celebrate yet. I'll I'll wait till that day comes.
0: Have you thought about what you'll be picturing in your mind when you're going through some of the more challenging parts of the ride. What is going to inspire you or motivate you to keep going?
1: Honestly, I have made so many connections and I've made so many friends and their drive to continue in their healing process and stick together. I'll just think back to the camaraderie that's at the academy. There's some people there that mean a lot to me. I'm doing this for them. You know, and anybody else who out there who's struggling with addiction and has no hope, you know, I'm, I want to make sure that I can follow through with this to to show that something like this is possible and dreams come true.
0: You know, it's funny because what you're describing sounds like it could also be a metaphor for overcoming addiction, that there is a struggle and that it can be hard, but at the end, you reach a very beautiful place, and it's all worth it.
1: Yeah, exactly. You, you can say there's a bit of a metaphor there for sure. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I just want to encourage people to never give up, and even if you seem like, or if it feels like nothing's, if good things aren't possible, even when you're, um, you know, down and out, you know, sometimes, sometimes the miracle can happen, and your life can turn around, and you never know what could be waiting for you. So I just want to show people that it pays off to not give up.
0: Thank you so much for having the conversation with me. I really, really appreciate it. And best of luck on your ride. Thank you. This is Why is produced by John O'Dowd and me, Nikki Reitmeyer. A big thanks and best wishes to Matt and the John Boken Academy. This is Why is a national radio show, and we're now an award winning podcast officially. Download and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you download your favorite podcasts from. And give us a rating as well as a review. We're on Twitter at This Is Why. You can always send us an email, This Is Why at CuriousCast.ca.
1: Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.